So, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today, we talk about the season finale of Obi-Wan, which is the conclusion, at least, I guess, of this first season, first couple of episodes of Obi-Wan and his journey in between Revenge of the Sith and then A New Hope. So, let's go to Jay, who is one of the biggest Star Wars fans I know. Probably had his hoodie on. He's like... Uh-huh. <laughs> Turn the TV on. <laughs> like, nah, I was into it. All right, but Jay, how'd you feel about this final episode of the season for Obi Wan? I thought the episode was good, but it had its peaks and valleys. It was some parts that I was like, "No, I don't give a fuck about this at all." Let's get back to the meat and potatoes of the fucking story. Had to do it because they introduced this character, and he had to kind of like. Finish up the story, I guess. But for her parts, and we all know who I'm talking about, we're not in this, matter of fact, in the whole fucking series. This would have been a better series. It was good. I enjoyed the whole series. But it just seemed like she was just forced. Everything that she did was forced. And the thing is, the character is not a bad character in concept. I think that the direction that she was given was the downfall and how she was written. I doubt that. I agree. Keep going, James. So it was about time that some shit really, really went down. It showed character progression, even to the point that I actually ended up liking the little girl that played Leia. At first, she was just an annoying little girl, but then you kind of remember she's a child. You start to see the dynamic of their relationship, but then at the same time, there's a lot of plot holes in this shit. Unless I am missing something, but it, there are some plot holes in this that I'm just like... Oh. No, no plot holes. No, no, no. Just keep going. It just didn't sit well with me. But overall, I enjoyed it. Obi-Wan just basically got to a point that he was like, I'm getting tired of your shit, Anakin. And was fucking him up. For severely fucking him up. And the only thing that kind of pissed me off is like, man, we all know how this is going to end up. We all do. But then you're like, damn, man, just finish him off. Like, just kill him. Get it over with. He's done. He's dead. Like, just chop his head off and just end it. But you can't do that. But overall, I enjoyed it. Keith? Now that it's over with, I can just kind of go ham into what I'm thinking here. The character Reva was done poorly. I'm going to say that it is not the... And I agree with James. I don't blame the actress. You have to understand that the director is the same director for pretty much all the episodes. Everyone else is giving above average great performances except for one person. That's impossible for it not to be her problem. But you also got to remember, too, you're dealing with Ewan McGregor. Doesn't matter. Everybody else is giving a good performance. I I, I see what you're saying. Saying that. That's not a good excuse because got Ewan McGregor, even the little Leia girl, giving it decent. And no one's doing a good job. Everybody's doing a good job. But I would say even outside the children, then everyone's a way more experienced actor than her. We don't know the direction that she gave. Well, I can tell you the direction that she gave. The director was probably like, hey, I'm stuck with this person. Let me just try to get something out of her. Finish this shoot. Every time she gets angry, she's the child. And I'm like, okay, what in the world did you just say? You're saying that that's the best that she can do. 
and they were like, okay, fine. Yeah. This is like, right. All right. Okay. Okay. I've been on shoots like that. I've been on shoots like that. It was just like, let's just roll with it. I'm going to tell you right now, she is not worth my defending here. So I'm not like, this yeah, is me, okay. not even going to try and like, not you know what? I, I kowtow. I kowtow. For the, for right. the Beast Gang unity, I will continue my, my review. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so the reactions in the character was terrible. I've been convinced <laughs> she's terrible. There are other issues with that I had with this. The lightsaber duels in the fighting was good. Mm. It's not as good as it could have been. Yeah. yeah I think that was due to filming. The way it was shot, yes. too. Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen clearly a talented lightsaber duelist. Directing and the cinematography and mm-hmm. the fight choreographing was not up to the Revenge of the Sith. That is the problem. Right. That is my whole problem right there. With all the new Star Wars stuff, they are in such a hurry to make this their own. We want to all jump in on the prequel hate bandwagon that they don't realize that that bandwagon crashed and burned mm. years ago when mm. episode seven came out. People stopped hating on the damn prequels. It was like, it was, oh yeah, well, Phantom Menace sucked. Would you rather watch the Phantom Menace or would you rather watch episode seven? That's the question. They don't even compare them anymore. It's the prequels another mess entirely, but the fact of the matter is the prequels, you took away from that solid action. But Questionable you- acting, solid action. You know what, Keith? One thing that I thought about, and you're kind of touching on what I was thinking about. As much as the prequels got so much hate, mm-hmm. so much hate when it came out, mm-hmm. but once the new trilogy came out, the prequels are what they have been going back to. That is exactly what I'm getting to. I, I was, I, they're going back. They're, the minute I saw the trailer for the Obi-Wan movie, I'm like, oh shit, we got somebody who understands that the prequels had some gold in it. There was some gold in them hills, and they pulled out the gold. <laughs> Dave Filoni and John Favreau clearly, clearly understood what was going on with the prequels, and clearly took some influence from that. The problem yeah. is, is that Deborah Child, the director here, she ain't the one. She's either I don't know if it was Kennedy, I don't know if it was her. Somebody in between the two of them were making two totally different goddamn TV shows. I think Kenny <clears throat> had her hand in the. In yeah, the- I mean it's pretty evident Kathleen Kennedy mainly from the fact of the Reva character her I mean, that, character made no sense her redemption arc all right, made well, no had no impact let me just step in for a second Keith, we'll talk about that later cuz i got some mm, yeah yeah so l- let me just step in for a second mm-hmm. i want to say shout out to Jar Jar Binks oh lord jesus where is this going to go Barry? and Rose Tico because you are no longer the worst oh, yeah. characters in Star Wars because that now all goes to Reva. I know we were talking about just the acting. The, the actress just is in a totally different show than what everybody else is in. And it is apparent. Obviously just said that just felt like, hey, let's get it done. Kathleen Kennedy has chosen her horse and this is what we have to ride in with. And oh my God! Hold on, man. You said horse. I think you said her horse. I'm like, whoa! Man. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy has whores in <laughs> but I mean, everything else is okay, average to above average. Biggest issue is just that a marketing decision, a whiteboard decision, that we can't have Obi Wan and Darth Vader. 
we have to surround him with these unnecessary characters. It's kind of like the same thing with the Halo show. Hey, we have to pair the male character with the female character mm-hmm. and play off that dynamic, like whatever the dynamic is. It's older man, younger child. I think that has been too prevalent. A lot of movies, a lot of TV shows recently. It's been happening. It's just like people have the formula and they stick to the formula and they can't break that. Ewan McGregor is the best thing about the show. Hayden Christensen and whatever else is happening with Darth Vader. Next greatest thing about this show. Last maybe 20 minutes of this episode. I would consider it a letdown because then it starts to get into the motivations of the worst character in Star Wars history. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, all right, from a screenwriting perspective, no one has the balls to do what they need to do. And obviously because the movies have been out for 30 years, you know how it's going to turn out. And that became underwhelming because you have a terrible character, terrible character motivations. And then it's just like, oh, I just wanted to do the right thing. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, so we spent these six episodes going through. She's killing everybody. But she can't kill a kid. I like the action sequences from Ewan McGregor. This is I'm glad he got a chance to go back to the role. I'm happy Hayden Christensen came back. Vader's face was showing. He was talking to that shit was chilling. That yeah, was, it was good. Just going back and forth yeah. between the voice and that, yeah. that fucking worked. That yeah. worked out spectacularly well. It wasn't a much taller man. It wasn't the de facto Darth Vader actor in that you know someone who's six seven, six mm. ten or whatever, and you knew he was Hayden in that costume, and you could tell because he was using that lightsaber pretty damn well. It wasn't that clunky kind of thing. It was like that one fan film. That it wasn't did. a hack and slash type shit. Style with it. Exactly. I mean, he was whipping around, moving. He was doing what he could in, in that suit. And I'm like, because I've always wondered, like, Vader moves like a, you know, way too stiff when he's using that lightsaber. Oh, no, it, there's a reason for that. He's just cutting loose and stuff. The Force power is fantastic. James, you play Star Wars The Old Republic. So... Like you recognize some of those force powers that he was cutting loose with, and I appreciated that and stuff. So th- there's some definite signs. There's some definite and, greatness. And I would also say that were some issues where they could have expanded some of the dialogue. So yeah, they the, the part yeah. is basically he has the high ground. <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking the same fucking like, thing. So like, hey, yeah, look, he I got the high ground. He could have said that. And I don't understand why he didn't. There's some good to be found. There's, some There's something here, but the problem is the people that are responsible for this. They won't yeah, allow I, for culmination of what should happen because mm-hmm. they're too busy promoting their political ideals onto what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one other thought I have for this. Bad to this is that this is clearly, clearly someone who does not know how to tell a fucking story. Two different stories being told here and conflicting stories being told, but mainly it was basically bad fucking storytelling, bad fucking writing. The whole bullshit with them being chased away like in The Last Jedi. Oh! And they were being chased by that damn one, like Star Destroyer. The Star Destroyers are fast as shit. Like, yeah. Also, Dave. why didn't the Star Destroyer launch fighters? They're catching well, up to us. Away, not, not even that. Not even that. 
that Star Destroyer would have fucking hit that one that ship one time. And taken out the thing. The thing's got Star Destroyers have like a, what two hundred turbo lasers on it. It was like pew, like it reminded them of space balls. I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it. It was ridiculous. Then Obi Wan gets out of the ship, gets into a smaller ship, flies to a planet to lure Vader away. So the Grand Inquisitor makes the obvious statement saying, "Like, well, we should chase after them." I'm thinking to myself. A Star Destroyer is big enough to have a Corellian Corvette inside of its um, day. Why don't they just launch hmm. one of them, uh, launch a large, or launch several ships after it, after the little fighter, shoot that down, and then keep going after the big one? Why does a whole damn ship have to go and follow behind it? Or better yet, why the hell didn't Vader just jump into his ship and fly after the uh, small? I mean, Vader had skills with a TIE fighter. He could have <laughs> After everything's said and done, after the fight and everything, after the fight, you get that moment with, between uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. They're going back and forth about, I'm sorry I failed you. Vader's like, I freaking hate your gut. I killed Anakin Skywalker. Good writing on that part. I believe Dave Filoni must have had a hand in it. Good writing, fantastic scene. Obi-Wan jumps in his ship and flies off. Where the fuck is the goddamn Star Destroyer? Apparently Tatooine is two blocks away because he, he gets there to- And Reva, who got stabbed through the chest with a lightsaber. Yeah, and I would also say this in the majority of the episodes where someone is on the verge of dying, whoever did it walks away. Mm-hmm. Just became annoying because you know whomever that is, whether it be... want to come back. Yeah, whether it be the Grand Inquisitor, yeah. whether it be Obi-Wan, whether it be Vader, whether it be Reva, whomever gets stabbed, shot, Hey, everything's fine. I mean, Reva got hit with a lightsaber through the chest. Mm-hmm. By well, Taylor got shot in the stomach. Got by, shot the, in the, by a master Sith, the Sith prince right. of the Siths. <laughs> Yo, anyway, badass motherfucker. You don't think he knows anatomy? She gets stabbed in the stomach, and then she goes to that house and plays whack-a-mole with Owen and Baru. And I'm just like, you're an inquisitor. Like she just like force push him and force choked him out the way. She's just stumbling at them. I want the child. Why do you want the child? What do you want? Vengeance. <laughs> I want justice. Justice for what? Justice for like him. Your kids killed. But you hold on. Your... To add on to that, like so after she didn't kill Luke, she was like, "I failed them. I failed them." I'm like, "Bitch, you've been failed them. You think that they would have want you to go around killing? Because you killed other fucking Jedi that ran away." As an inquisitor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You think she they strung one dude that up? Shit? Yeah, she strung one dude up. She strung yeah. that dude up in the dad going middle of it. So you know what? That explains a lot about how unnecessary she was. So she's crying about killing Jedi, regardless. At some point, that one that was strung up was a little kid. He was a little Padawan. I was there when she was there, same age. Yeah, basically, yeah. he escaped Order sixty six, and you got this idiot killing him. And then trying to do the noble thing. That's your peer. At the end of the the show, because writing has to dictate that minority character can't be bad. Has to be redemption. Yeah. I'm not going to derail this whole podcast about talking about it again, but say it one more time. So bear with me. I'm just going to go and say it real quick. You all know I play Japanese role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you had Final Fantasy VII, and I always said, you know, it'd be great if they put a black person in one of these damn role-playing <laughs> games. That would be great. And we do, we get it. In Final Fantasy VII, the biggest 
Japanese role-playing game of that time. Everybody was talking about it. It was mainstream. It brought the whole genre mainstream. I play it, and this dude is speaking in backwards Ebonics. Wasn't there like another one in like maybe 12, oh, who, 13, who or 14? Barrett. Yeah. And he spoke in backwards as Ebonics. Did Shit. he have an afro? Like, which one had nah, the afro? He, he, he had that, that was Final Fantasy 13. All right. No. Uh, yes, that was Final oh, Fantasy 13. Top, yeah. He had a hot top fade, one arm, and he spoke like Mr. T. He's like, I pity you. He said, you a fool. The fact is, apparently the Japanese version didn't speak like that, but he did speak in the type of slang used by like street toughs mm-hmm. and stuff. But the translation for it was offensive as fuck to me. Speaking as a guy who enunciates correctly, who speaks properly, so I'm reading this text and I'm like, this shit is fucking terrible. And this is just bad fucking people. And like, he's basically a caricature. It's a yeah. caricature of what they think a black guy would be like in this situation. And this mm-hmm. shit was offensive. I'm like, he was, I hated the <laughs> character. Fucking offensive. They're doing the same shit over and over again. They're doing it with the classes. They're doing it with how they got characters in there. They're doing it with the fact that they take the identity politics has failed this whole thing. And it does not belong in Star Wars, doesn't belong in Star Trek, any franchise out there in Hollywood. Those are the two that do not require that. They have always been inclusive. Mm-hmm. First of all, between Star Trek and Star Wars, they have aliens. So that transcends all the uh-huh. standard race politics, gender politics, American-based race and gender politics. Go ahead. They got to add it in here and just like got this strong character who we're going to transform. You Because they spent so much time trying to Mary Sue, a villain. Why aren't there women in the empire? There was a reason why there weren't women in the empire. God's darn point of it, it was that he was making a visual representation of the good guys versus the bad guys. There's a reason why the Rebel Alliance had, had aliens and people with different backgrounds in it. It's because there's an alliance of all the people. It doesn't matter. Humans, aliens, they were all together, Green. allies against <laughs> it. Doesn't matter. The Empire were guys speaking with British accents, dressed the same, and they acted the same, like assholes. And then you had the king of the assholes, Darth Vader and his master, the Emperor. They were just giant fucking dicks. And they were the bad guys. They weren't to be sympathized with at all. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader was not sympathized with. Luke Skywalker went to save Anakin, his father, not Darth Vader. Darth Vader had to go. Hmm. Just like the Emperor. Yoda wasn't fucking around. They had to go. <laughs> they had to go. Assassinate submissions approved. Get rid of them. They gotta go. Just trying to like the whole. Oh no, yes, there. We we've got women in the empire too, working against it. Well, clearly we can tell who the good guys. The good guys inside of the empire. Oh, they'll they'll the lady characters. And I would also put Owen's wife also in that category because they basically she basically just punked him out when <laughs> Reva came to kill them. It's like, well, one I think there was a comment about him running off Obi-Wan and then he yeah. was being a punk about defending his home so she wound up getting the guns and it's like okay it was unnecessary it was unnecessary and mm. the decisions made to they end up doing what everyone fears they're going to do is that the only way that they can seem to beef these characters up is by punking everyone else down yeah Leia's super smart Luke is an idiot because all Luke did was run into the damn desert by himself with no water. 
or gun. Well, I mean, Luke was also a punk because he just went into an island, planet, mm-hmm. to sit and drink oh, yeah, green yeah, milk. Yeah, absolutely, completely, he's emasculation at that point. Then you've got Leia, who's captain of the football team. She's just handling everything. <laughs> she's just knocking him out. He's taking care of business. And at, at 10. At 10 years old. I mean, she didn't know how to work a blast door. And you're kind of sitting there like this is... And, and again, uh, sorry, uh, keep Go harping no, about no. The, how Hollywood writers write children. And then, again, there's another point where she's just a little kid. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where they have to talk about their feelings. They got to talk about their feelings and what, what's, what's happening in the world and everyone's right. feelings. I'm tired of the feelings. I do not want to know about your feelings. What I want to know about is can you tell a good story? And for the most part, it was a decent story. My problem is, is with the add-ons, the extra add-ons, and some of these side characters. Nanjiani's character, I think it's Raymond Rafi, a guy pretending he was a fake Jedi to help people for money. Who turns out he's actually is a Jedi out and stuff like that as a distraction. That's an interesting character. Yeah. They can easily actually, made I him a girl. They were off of that. I thought they were going to build off of that. Same here. Like, why have him in, in more episodes that they weren't going to do shit with him? That's an interesting character. Tally's character, she was fucking interesting as hell. I yeah. like that little, little story arc and stuff. I know I just harped on about how Women in the Empire was not necessarily taboo, but she was interesting. Yeah. She acted but, well, and she was an interesting character. Gets killed, shot in the gut. Overall, I'm going to say, if we're going to give overall reviews, it, it didn't change my overall opinion of the whole of the series. series stuff. Solidify the fact that Hayden Christensen got a raw deal after the fact, and that Ewan and Hayden know what the hell they're doing. Give us more Obi-Wan and, and Hayden. Give us just them. Vader his own show to show him like the rise to, to episode four, how he became that ruthless motherfucker in episode four. Get to the part where it got to like when he was ruthless as shit at Rogue One. Give me a series right there. Still have Obi-Wan season two. You can still have it because there's so many more stories to be told, but he should not see Vader again. He should not see Vader again. I agree. Um, this episode was like underwhelming. Adding the end with Qui-Gon was, I mean, I kind of wish he would have brought, it could have been little voiceover, mm-hmm. like him trying to communicate with Obi-Wan and stuff, you know, like he not, just not getting through because Obi-Wan's not hearing him. You know, like not said, ready to hear him. They just didn't handle this correctly. Execution mm-hmm. was done poorly. And in the end, like my feelings are, I liked parts of what I saw. It's not enough. Kathleen Kennedy needs to stay the fuck away from Star Wars. They need to get the identity politics out of it too. Stop it. Just, just stop it. You're killing it. And honestly, I don't. I really don't want to see anything else. I don't want them to touch anything. I don't want them to touch Vader. I don't want a Vader show. I don't want to see any of that other mess because they, they don't know what the fuck they're doing with it. I agree with the majority of what you're saying. They could do a Vader show. The chances of Kathleen Kennedy not being involved are probably slim to none. If it was just David Filoni just doing it, then yes, I would be all for it. This episode, and just like the series, had its peaks and had its values. There were some points you were like, damn, this is so good. And at other points, it was like, this is so unnecessary. And most of those parts that were so unnecessary was anything with Reva, Reva, where the fuck her name is. And what pisses me off about her, like I said, the character itself, take the actress out. Take the actress out. Right. It is not a bad character. It was just not done properly. Agreed. It was just not done properly. This show could have been so much better if it was less Reva. Her name dropped Quillen. 
I was like, are we going to see him? Yeah, I was like, shit, somebody's paying attention. I was like hoping like he would have came into the fold somehow, some way. Personally, I don't know if he ever died. No, he didn't. He got away. He's still around, and he was pretty badass. Yeah, Quinlan Vosgott made it out of uh, 66, one of the few to escape. I mean, his Padawan didn't, but he did. So why not have him there? Maybe they're going to have him around for episode, I mean, not episode two, but season two, if they do a season two, because why name drop him if you're not going to use him? They want to do a Ray. They want a Ray show or something like that, but done well, whatever. And I, I kind of just wish they would just do their own characters, their own thing. Quit trying to fuck with these legacy characters. They're in control now. Like I Kevin, mean, they already group. destroyed Han Solo. They've got their writers. They've got their people. They've got the people that they want making this story. Why don't they just make their own shit? And just go do your thing. Filoni and Favreau did. They wanted to do a story about a, a Boba Fett-like character. And there you go. You get the Mandalorian. Didn't involve any other legacy character. Until, I'm trying to think about it, like except well, for Boba Fett. Well, and Luke Skywalker eventually. And Luke Skywalker, yeah, Luke Skywalker came in and, and stuff like that. But that was only after the second season. By then, Luke didn't need to come be in there. He was just the icing on a perfect cake. So many plot holes. Like, so many goddamn plot holes. Like, to the point. Like, okay. So, like I said, Keith, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Leia just totally forgot this whole memory of her being whisked away. I said this... The no, first you, you episode. In episode four, all she says is that my father talked about you in the Clone Wars. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Like, she only knew him as Ben. No. no, no like, she had a whole adventure with him. At the end of the episode, she said Obi-Wan. Ah, okay. Never mind. Okay. Then she no, had a whole adventure with this dude. A whole adventure. Now, now, himself as Ben. You're talking about semantics. I'm talking about the actuality that... If I don't know Jay's first name, I had a whole adventure with him. <laughs> what I call myself is irrelevant. What we did together is the more relevant part. Chief, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now, that would work fine because he did introduce himself as Ben. He didn't say Obi-Wan. Just right. Ben. But at the end of this... But everybody else is calling him Obi-Wan. At the end of this last episode, she said, bye, Obi-Wan. I was like, if they would just say, bye, Ben, then maybe... Okay. Maybe right. that would have worked. But she knows him as Obi-Wan. So did she have her memory wiped or some shit? And why would she have her memory wiped? Why would you do that to your child? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on. It's like a huge plot hole. And I was like watching this and I was just like, she better say Ben. She better not say Obi-Wan. She said Obi-Wan. I was like, fuck. You just fucked up. You just fucked up. And then she never mentioned anything about well, when I was a child, kidnapping a Jedi helped me. You know, nothing. This shit never comes up. You would think that she would remember that, that she would just like bring it up and just talking and shit. I mean, again, it's bad writing. It's bad writing. I mean, it's again, bad writing, and it's bad writing by a person that didn't do a, a, just a little bit of research. Overall, I personally enjoyed the series for the good moments. You know, so glad that Ewan McGregor decided to come back. I'm so glad that Hayden Christensen decided to come back. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just so glad because I can't see anyone doing Obi-Wan like this is his role. This is his role. Like I can't see anyone else doing it. Period. No one. Not a soul. If he didn't come back, 
the show was doomed if they decided to do it. So many plot holes, and then the, the, the little ship dodging. Like, come on, man. I play Star Wars Squadrons, okay? And I'm in a fighter. I can't get away from a goddamn destroyer, okay? I get destroyed all the goddamn time. You think a fucking, what is it, a cargo ship? Was it a cargo ship they were on? It was some trashy cargo tra- ship. I mean, it's a transport ship. You might just call it that. Okay, a transport ship. You don't think a transport ship? If I could survive some hits from a droid in a video game, that transport ship should have been destroyed on one hit. Shields, everything gone. In one hit. One hit. Try to wrap gotta, this up. You got a, like a mini city. That's how small that ship is to the destroyer. It's a small city chasing you down. Come on, man. So, so, James, what's your score for one episode six or whatever episode this is, and then the entire episode series? six? I give it a seven, and it would be a lot higher if they just took away Reva. If just say now, I'm gonna give it two scores. So, about hmm. the Reva parts, it probably would have been a nine for me. Mm-hmm. Because even though the plot holes and all the like little shit that we talked about, it still wasn't that bad enough because like I said, Ewan Gregor is the, the heart and soul of this series. He's a good actor just in general. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's the heart and soul of this series. So without Reva, nine. With Reva, seven. Now overall, the whole season, I will also give a seven because there is has peaks and had his valleys. It was so mm-hmm. many good points in this series, but there were also so many points that I was just, why is this even here? Why is this character even exist? Why is this happening? It was just, ah. It took the immersion out of it for me. Character is not a bad character. It just wasn't written properly and it was not executed properly. Mm-hmm. So if they would have fixed Reva, this would have probably got an eight and a half for me. Because the, the character alone isn't bad. And I know how to fix the character. It's easy. It's an easy fucking fix. Uh-huh. But, yeah. So, overall, I give the episode a seven and a series a seven. All right, Keith. Keep it short and sweet. So, here's the thing. I'm docking a point for not using the actual soundtrack musical score and creating our own bullshit. Because it wasn't even good. The same comment movie. came up in the Halo, like some of the Halo stuff that I was sending, that uh-huh. they didn't use the score mainly because of licensing rights, that they didn't want to pay money to somebody. So they just. But Disney wanna, owns that shit, though. They didn't want to have someone else other than John Williams score his own music, which is fucking dumb because John Williams is, what, pushing 80, 90 now? The man's going out. He's done. I'm fairly certain as long as you like, give him a nod and keep his name relevant and fresh, he'll be more than happy to let someone else do the heavy lifting. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's done, done. Because I think he said that after Indiana, the, I don't know why I do another Indiana Jones, he's done. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure Harrison wants to kill that character off too, just so he can. I mean, should have killed him. I'm quite certain it will be a little girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain it's going to be another some strong something stunning and brave emasculated. Yeah, I'm fairly Jones. certain it's going to be stunning and brave, stunning and brave. Even if this was a ten, it would have got a nine, but it loses a point for not using the actual score, the bait and switch with the trailer where it had that kick-ass little mashup of Duel of the Fates and um 
uh, the Star Wars themes and stuff like that. Like that, that was pure bait and switch. So that pissed me off. Everyone could fight except for Reva, and all of her action scenes were terrible. Mm. Um, she was just very trying, and I, I didn't like the way it, it kind of worked out. It, it didn't work for me. So that loses another point. Disliked and not happy with how they lost the screen time dedicated and devoted to the whole Reva storyline. This was kind of a, a Leia and Obi-Wan road trip, but it didn't answer the question as to why Luke trusted Ben, because clearly Luke knew who Ben Kenobi was or knew who old Ben was from episode four. Yeah, so well, it would have made more sense for them to have like a little more screen time together. Episode four, and the way that he's talking to Luke about that makes it seem like he doesn't want obi-wan around yeah yeah but this just happened crazy old ben kenobi exactly i mean it's it's just like again this screws up the character motivations go ahead finish here so there was way too much shit they did everything in their power to kind of move things from focus on luke to focus it on Leia and her story, and then let's focus the story on their story. And as we've already heard it before, blah, blah, blah. They did way too much shit in that regard, differentiate and do whatever. So they losing points left and right. They gain a lot of points, however, for the fact that someone in the writer's group paid attention to the expanded universe and paid attention to the prequel trilogies. And I was thankful for that. I was thankful that Hayden Christensen came back and that he and, and Ewan McGregor worked out together and got their old form, their old styles back to going because it's over this, you know, almost 20 years now. And they still had it. They still had it. But Hayden bulking up and working in a Vader suit, it was clear that was him in it. And he did a phenomenal job, even though he wasn't doing a lot. I mean, that last part with him talking. And that I mean, that was straight anime. Just that, straight that. anime. That was beautiful. So that action scene, that's what should have been throughout the whole thing. And to Jay's point, I would love to see more of Obi-Wan meeting up with other Jedi and find that way he I mean, realized that. me to Shoka. That's probably what's going to happen. Fully behind that. But I am also scared to death that they're going to do another bait and switch in terms of this. Because I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. They were going to shift the focus to the Reva character. And I would not have minded it so much if she had been fleshed out and halfway decent. But she wasn't. Right. So it exactly. takes well, they tried to flesh her out. Like, oh well, I was there order sixty six. Like nobody that's cares. Not fleshing it out. That's just no, like, nobody that, cares. That's, that's a portion of the backstory that tells nothing about it. Doesn't say why the hell she went ham and she seemed to forget that the whole mess. Didn't go over like what her actual plan was. But clearly she should know that he was the one lightsaber wielding dude against a, a office building full of Jedi and he took him out. Clearly she's like <laughs> clearly she's not up to the task of of taking him down, of killing him. Seven overall for the series is a bit generous. Um I'm gonna give it a six point five. Yeah. That's, um, I thought this that's episode exactly about, where I would be. Um I will give this episode a solid seven point five. Again the Reva mess like just it was too much stupid shit. I just couldn't forgive it. I honestly could not forgive it. I will never defend the show. Anyone who has any shit, you guys know me. I will defend the prequels. Defend that shit. Pod racing. Love it. I will not defend this shit at all. You got something negative to say? There you go. All right. I, uh, Flynn and That's my score. That's all right. My so my score overall for this episode, probably the 7.58 Obi-Wan and Vader fight. This is what I want out of mm-hmm. this show. It's like, oh, they about to get busy. And they got busy. 
The dialogue was there. The mm-hmm. fight choreography was there. That is what the show should be. But then, good old Reva. I'm going to kill Luke Skywalker. I'm like, well, first of all, you got stabbed in the chest. You go in the tank too and heal up. Like, I'm pretty sure the tank doesn't heal a lightsaber right through the heart. <laughs> it doesn't help with that. But it's just... At some point, it's just too many inconsistencies mm-hmm. with the writing around, particularly Reva and Leia at this point. Because, again, I brought it up during the first time that we talked about this. I was like, hold on. So Leia never mentioned. It was like, well, it'll probably get worked out. And then, like, but the problem, just from a core aspect of it, is chronologically certain things don't make sense. So unless Leia gets forced memory wiped, none of this makes sense because she full on knew this dude when episode four rolls around. It's just like, Oh, well there's this guy, Obi-Wan that's along for the ride and he gets struck down. There's no emotion from her seeing Obi-Wan gets struck down or knowing that he's not coming back. Gave Luke a shoulder to cry. And she's just like, Oh shit. Like she's just like, oh well. Yeah, after that bond that they shared in this whole shit, she was just like, oh, yeah, that's tough. Again, <laughs> overall, we'll probably just give the show a six. I mean, particularly those first two episodes, if it wasn't for Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. the Reva character, the introduction of the Reva character, the mannerisms of the actress just doesn't fit what Star Wars should be. It just seems like, again, Kathleen Kennedy made her choice. Some people did not have the option to voice their opinion. And they just went along with it. I mean, this is like the kid that's at the, basically the school play that's off on the end of the stage. And it's like, hey, well, go, go back over there. I'm like, no, I'm just going to like chill over here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's Reva. Jar Jar Binks. Shout out to Jar Jar Binks, yo. You're cool with me because you are no longer the worst character in Star Wars. Rose Tico, you're no longer the worst character in Star Wars. Uh-huh. Everybody on that casino planet, it's like, <laughs> you're no longer the worst characters in Star Wars. You're fine. Somehow, some way, the people that are responsible for steering this new era of Star Wars can't figure out basic story writing and character development. The saddest part is. Just to interrupt this for one second. The worst part about this is that George Lucas started out with the most basic fucking story. Innocent farm boy goes on an adventure with an aging space knight. Roguish pirate, his sidekick, who is a the noble savage, goes to rescue a princess from an evil knight and an evil empire. And that's episode four in the rat in a nutshell basic simplistic story out there it wasn't anything complicated everyone knew what the fucking story was he didn't have to explain hyperspace hyperspeed how a lightsaber works how the force works you didn't explain it it was just oh we're space wizards and our power is the force we don't use magic no it's the force and the force lets us do things five years old or you're 105 years old you knew exactly what the fucking story was all about you knew who can do what and what can do what and you just were along for the ride then you just let the spectacle play out on screen 
Easy. Easy. It should have been easy as fuck. Only misstep that was made in terms of canon or whatever was because people didn't like it that George Lucas made the story complicated in the prequels. It wasn't complicated, though. It was positive. It, it really wasn't. It, it was, was very more, fucking simple. It was more complicated than the original trilogy was. Oh, you and I talked about this, and we all talked about this. People don't understand the prequels was a slow burn. Yep. The storytelling was actually not bad at all. Oh, storytelling was Revenge of the Sith it was resolved all, all the issues I had with episode one. <laughs> that all boiled down. It all got to that point because and, of Phantom Menace. You got to go from the beginning. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he's, he's, he's agreeing with that. Yeah. Like, do you realize that, that he put this plan into play and was patiently waiting? Like, he was playing chess or they was playing checkers and shit? That's what I've been trying to tell people. I would never watch Thor. I said, because you don't understand. It's not about light swords and shit. It's all political. It's all about patience. It's all about motherfucking having a plan, sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And having adjusting. an end game. Right. There's an end game. And not playing with the emotional feels of right now. There will be, He made methodical planning. And that's what happened. And you kind of got to admire it. You kind of got to admire it. I mean, even though he's a dick. He's evil as fuck, hmm. but you kind of got to admire it because that shows will and patience like no other. It was some gangster ass shit if you really think about it. He pimped everybody. Mm-hmm. He pimped Dooku. He pimped Maul. Yep. He pimped all the the Jedi Council. He pimped everybody. Smile to their face and killing all of you. I'm going to kill all of you. And he was Can right in their head? face, like you said, right in their face, smiling and shit. And nobody could sense it. Well, yeah. Mace did. And you saw what happened to him. Yeah, Mace got fucking dropped, dude. Even though it's still rumored that he's maybe alive. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't get that shit up. Like Samuel Jackson was like, he's dead. <laughs> well, I mean, I heard he wanted to come back. He wanted I'm to do sure he did, Marvel, but I... Marvel and Star Wars. That's all he really wants to do. Which I would too, shit. Because even when you dead, that shit gonna still make you money. All right, well, let's wrap this up. So, this is the sixth anniversary of the Beast game. Six years of talking about how crappy Star Wars has turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, man, six years. Well, how bad X Men turned out to be. Like, <laughs> yeah, podcast is on what X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. No, no. Was it Apocalypse? No, it was Apocalypse. You're right. You're right. You're right. Any quick comments about the six years of Beast Game? Six so years it's, it's enriched my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we say six years, but this is six years of us actually recording our thoughts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this for a lot longer. But, yeah, uh, that's true. A good ride, even though surviving through the pandemic rewarding experiences it's always good to talk to not necessarily like-minded even though we don't agree on every single thing we coming from the same place we may all get something different from a a project or a movie difference of opinion and stuff has always been respected for the most part even though i occasionally i will admit Hmm. i pick some things that just to get a rise out of people yes (laughs) in general in general most of the times, I, my tastes are eclectic enough that I, I'm glad to see that we have not all begun to parrot each other in terms of our likes and dislikes. We maintain our own individuality and what we like. James is still always like a horror movie, a good horror film, even though they don't scare him. 
And, <laughs> and they flat out terrible. <laughs> he'll, he'll still watch them. He'll still watch all of them. And me, yeah. I will watch a, a B science fiction film or watch it and beginning to end. We've all got our quirks. Barry's super critical, and you know that's fine. Yeah, Barry's the most critical. I'm sorry. Yeah, Barry's uh, the most critical. I'm analytical, uh, uh, right. but a perfect ten from him usually raises an eyebrow. You're like, uh, what the heck did he watch? Like, let's. Now, we let's we all gotta watch this shit now. Yeah, all right, what the heck did he like say? This is it's amazing. Though his belief that Dune is not a perfect ten of a film. Dune is uh, a terrible movie. No, you are like this. Dune is a terrible movie. Pure goddamn blasphemy. All right. (laughs) Blasphemous, y'all. I still haven't seen it. Dune is a terrible movie. You need to watch it, yo. It's a good movie. Yeah, stay away from that trash. Very fresh one, man. No, trust me. Dune, this is a good movie, yo. This is a good movie. So it's been six years, but like Keith said, we have been doing this way before way before we sit in the parking lot talking about movies for a long period of time and i also agree with keith on this have our different opinions and sometimes we come together and we agree for the most part but you know even when we disagree it's not disrespectful and i know keith like to press buttons especially mine because i'm Hmm. probably the most Hmm. i'm probably the most passionate about certain shit he knows how to press my buttons asshole but anyway (laughs) Good man, it's good. I mean, because this is something that we all enjoy. This is something that that brings us together. We're never going to change our who we are. You know, we all have individual personalities and individual opinions on on different types of movies, different movies, different different television shows, different whatever. So, and that what makes us good. That what makes us stand out. Because even though we do agree and disagree to come together and state our opinions and maybe even change the minds of each other just by stating things that we didn't see. Like something that I didn't acknowledge. Like, oh, I didn't think about that. You have a point or vice versa. So that's good. This is an open forum for us to discuss and hopefully people that listen, they can see that as well. So I'm looking forward to keeping this going as long as I'm alive. So, you know, even if I'm on my deathbed, I'll be on life support giving reviews on horror movies that I probably shouldn't watch because they're horrible, but hey, it is what it is. But I enjoyed the ride. All right. Well, I would just say that this is not possible without the extended Beast Gang, Tyrone, Matt, Mike, James Keith, and whoever else we had on, wives, girlfriends. It's not possible without them. So that's all I need to say. <laughs> Keeping it sweet and simple. Yeah.